So I got a funny story for you. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know what? It's uh, the holidays and I've been super busy with a lot of things going on and I need to get a podcast out. It would be nice to get a podcast out. I love doing these podcasts. So I go into my uh, podcast topics um, because viewers or listeners, whoever you are, you know, whatever I call you guys, you guys will email me podcast topics from time to time. If you want to email me topics, you can go to uh, just email them to Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. That would be really helpful. So I start looking through that uh, kind of list there and I noticed that I had uh, how to winterize a dirt bike. Like people had requested that recently. So I'm like, okay, I was looking through and I'm like, hey, why not? You know, it's uh, this is the slowest season of riding that I have here. We are getting in the end of the end of December. We've had kind of some crappy weather here for the last few weeks. Um, and it's a good time to start thinking about winterizing a dirt bike. So I kind of start putting some thoughts down. And this is kind of what I do with these podcasts. I'll just kind of do a little bit of an out- outline so that I'm not, I'm not rambling quite so much. So I do that create just a you know an outline here and then i'm like hey maybe i'll just go look at um i'll just do a quick google search on winterizing a dirt bike the first thing that pops up is a video that i did two years ago on how to winterize a dirt bike and i'm like wow i'd forgotten that i'd even done that and i'm like oh my gosh this is what happens when you've been at this as long as i have and you've done as many videos as i have i totally forgot that this was a topic i'd already covered but it was still something that people had requested me to do in podcast form so i'm like okay that's cool um and i just skimmed through that and i'm like oh yeah look i did all the same things here i put all the same things down as i did in that video but i also did see that rocky mountain atv did a did a video similar to this in 2017 about a year earlier from the time that i did mine i didn't watch that video until today so the, my show prep for my video 2 years ago it did not include um i did not watch um rocky mountain atv's video although we did talk about a lot of the same things they did show a lot more additional things like products that I, you know, that they kind of sell. And a huge part of that is because they're trying to sell product. They're like, hey, look, we've got a lot of these different products. Here's a lot of different ideas. And so they went into a lot of different things. And I added a couple things onto my list here that I'm going to go through as a result of doing that. So I don't watch, I hardly watch any dirt bike videos on YouTube. It's just, I'm doing so, I'm doing so much dirt bike stuff. I try to avoid almost all dirt bike related video content just because you know I'm doing so much of it I can't take it in it's just burn myself out and I also don't want to be um I don't want to be influenced by other thoughts to be completely honest you know because every bit of information you bring in then that could kind of make give you a bias or something like that I try to just learn the information on my own um, obviously, I'm open to other people's thoughts and things, but I don't sit here and just go on YouTube and look for things because anyway, I don't. But Rocky Mountain ATV's videos are generally pretty good. And by the way, if you want to support this podcast, if you want to support Dirt Bike Channel, one of the best ways you can do it is use my links to Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com. You can find them in the links uh, or in the, the um, descriptions of any of my YouTube videos. You can also find them on my website, dirtbikechannel.com, up in the upper right-hand corner. I've got a links button there, and that would be really, really helpful if you'd use those links. Just bookmark them. Uh, Rocky Mountain ATV, Motorsport, Amazon, whatever. Every little bit helps, and I get a referral bonus for doing that. You're going to spend the money anyway, so why not uh, spend the money and give me a little bit of a referral? So let's jump right into this. Like winterizing a dirt bike. Number one, like for me... I don't 
I don't do a lot of this stuff because I just keep writing them. I mean, the the truth is all it takes is if you go out and you even start the bike every two to three weeks, you're totally fine. It's not going to be you're not going to have basically any problem, especially if you just ride the bike once a month, then most of these things, I mean, a couple of these things are really good to do in the wintertime anyway, and we'll get into that, but you don't have to go through some big old long process. I mean, if you put the bike up on a stand and you start it every um, three weeks or four weeks, the rest of this is basically a moot point because you'll, your bike will be fine if you're doing those things. So one of the uh, here's here's like a legitimate idea. If you live in like Minnesota or something and you have super hard winters, um, one thing you could do that would be nothing else. If you did nothing else, you'd be totally fine is if you put your bike on a stand and then you go out to the garage every two weeks or every three weeks, just set a reminder in your phone and start them and let them run for five minutes. Um, obviously, if it's a two stroke, just don't let it idle for five minutes. But I just did a video on that on YouTube. Um, but you get the point. Run the bike every every couple weeks in the garage. You don't have to take out and, and ride it down the street. I mean, that would be fine too. But that that's all you need to do. Um, something else that I did in the early days when I had my uh, my dirt bikes in the first couple of years, my basement wasn't finished in my house, and I have a walkout basement, and so I just brought the bikes into the basement, like. And uh, they were just sitting here in the, you know, actually a room right behind me in a totally unfinished basement and the, it spent the winter in there. And so it kind of kept everything warmer and, and, and that's one of the things. And that bike didn't even have a battery, so it, that's not an issue. We're going to talk about batteries here in a little bit and what you can do with those. Another idea is, you know, just some people have like a heater in their garage or their shop. If you can get the heat from, up from, say, 30 and keep the minimum temperature in your garage or your shop to around 50 degrees, that's going to help things a lot, um, especially like your battery and, and different things. I don't really worry about things freezing on these dirt bikes because you've got antifreeze in the motors. Um, gas takes gas would have to get super, super cold before it freezes. Obviously, oil isn't going to freeze. Oil and gas are not going to freeze. Um, they will gel up if it gets really, really, really cold. So you could keep your garage maybe at like 50 degrees. Um, another, another idea that I, that I think is a really good one is, you know, in the winter time, because you're not using the fuel as quickly, um, you could go buy ethanol free fuel. Some people call it like clear gas or whatever, but it costs a little bit more. Um, I like to do that when I can in the winter months, if I can buy ethanol free fuel, I'll do that. And then because here in Utah, the ethanol-free gas doesn't have as high of an octane rating, um, I, I will buy a little octane boost like in a service, you know, inside the gas station or whatever, dump a little bit of that in the um, fuel tank as I'm, as I'm filling that up. And that way I've got ethanol-free fuel that still has a little bit higher octane rating than I would get if I, if I wasn't putting that in there. Um, I don't worry about that so much in the summer months because the gas isn't sitting as long. I don't buy tons of gas at a time. I'll buy five or 10 gallons at a time and try to go through it as quickly as I can. And there's a lot of different bikes I'm putting in my lawnmower. I'm putting things in my weed eaters. Actually, I just bought a battery powered, battery powered weed eater recently, but you get the point. Um, we, we go through gas a lot faster in the, in the summertime. And so I don't worry about the ethanol free stuff as much in the summertime, but in the wintertime when I'm not going through it as fast, I do like to get the ethanol free stuff. It just doesn't seem to gum up things as fast. Uh, truth be told, I don't have a problem with things getting gummed up like carburetors and injectors because I'm just running them all the time. That's the big trick is if you keep running a motor, you know, 
at least once a month, then it's totally fine. You're not going to usually you're not going to have any fuel fueling problems. But let's get into some real suggestions for real winterizing if you're in super, super cold weather or you're, you know, you have to put the bike away for three, four months at a time, maybe even for an entire riding season. Um, there are some things that you definitely want to do. So number one, we already talked about the ethanol free fuel. That would be a really good thing to do. Get the ethanol free fuel in your bike. The next thing I would do is add some sort of a fuel stabilizer into that fuel. There's a few different products out there. Stable is one. S-T-A-B-I-L, I think is how is how they spell that. That's a good product. Seafoam is another one that I've used. That's also a very good product. Um, and so you'll put that right into your fuel tank. And then it's important to and look on the bottle, look on the, the packaging to see how much you put in there. Because a lot of these products are made for like big fuel tanks for like cars or trucks or something like that. So you don't need to put the entire thing of that product into your gas tank and your dirt bike because there's not a lot of fuel in there. But the main thing is to make sure to run the bike for several minutes after adding these products. And the reason why is you want to get that fuel stabilizer all throughout the, uh, you know, the systems in your bike through your through your fuel filters and through your injectors and in your carburetor and into, you know, the motor everywhere. You want to get this stuff kind of cycled throughout. So you're going to put the fuel stabilizer in there and then you're going to run the bike for a little bit. Um, if, if it's a carbureted bike, here's what I would suggest. You uh, turn the, you start the bike and run it, get, you know, get it warm. You're getting this fuel stabilizer in there and then you would turn your fuel off on the carburetor and then just let the bike run and run out of gas, you know, and that way it's, it's got the fuel stabilizer in there, but then you're not just storing a bunch of fuel there inside the bottom of the float bowl. There still will be some, you know, so you could drain the float, the float bowl. Um, that might not be a bad idea after, especially if it's going to sit for a long, long time and you're not going to be able to come out there and start it. I would, you know, it's not a bad idea to just drain the float bowl on the bottom of your carburetor. Um, after you've put in this fuel stabilizer in there, you know, uh, another really good, uh, suggestion is to take the battery out of the bike and put it on a battery tender, especially, I mean, this is like, if you had a lead acid battery, I'd say definitely, definitely do this, but you also want to do it on these newer lithium ion batteries. It's just better to have them out of the bike. If you can keep it up off the floor, you know, maybe put it on a, like a piece of wood or something, keep it off of a cement floor. Um, some sort of, you know, something to kind of insulate it from the super, super cold of the ground. You could put on your bench or something and then put, uh, buy a battery tender and put this uh, battery tender on there. It will help to kind of put the, put the battery through some cycles, um, and make sure it's not just, you know, staying stagnant. Um, a lot of those will have some battery maintenance, you know, feature some of these different chargers where it'll kind of, you know, draw them down, charge them back up, put them at, and then hold them at like 80% for whatever amount of time. That's a good thing to do for your battery and, and get it out of the bike so that, you know, things aren't corroding. You want to keep things in a, in a, in a dry environment. You know, you don't want it to be wet. So if you have the ability to put it inside of a garage, that would be great. I don't really recommend putting, uh, you know, a bike under a tarp. That would be a last resort. Um, Rocky Mountain ATV talked about that in one of their, in their video. And I'm like, well, there's, they, they have covers for sale. I, if, if all you could do is put your bike under a cover, that would be fine. But man, it would be really great if you could find a storage shed, um, a garage, you know, a, a lawnmower shed, whatever, you know, a really big dog house. <laughs> if you could get it in there, that would be a good thing to do. Um, 
Also, you want to put your bike up on a stand. Now, I try to keep my bikes on stands all the time. Has a couple of benefits. Uh, first benefit being that it keeps the weight off the suspension. So if you can get the weight off your suspension, your seals will last longer. Uh, you won't have as much of a problem with leaking seals. Uh, your springs will will keep their you know keep the tension that they have that they're supposed to have. And so it's just a good thing. It just keeps your suspension fresh. It keep, and, and, but the other side that people don't think about a lot is it also helps you to get from getting flat spots on your tires because um, your, your tires will get a flat spot under its own weight. And especially guys with moose bibs, you really, really want to do this with moose bibs. It's one of the downsides with moose bibs is they'll get a flat spot on those, on those things just sitting overnight. You know, and so and so anybody who's running moose bibs, they should put their bike up on a stand all the time. And I typically put my bikes on stands all the time when I'm here at home. Um, but it's really going to help you to keep that bike on a stand over the winter for your suspension and for your tire so that everything stays good to go. So put your bike on a stand. Really, really helpful. Uh, another thing you could do is you could drain all the fuel from out of the tank if you want. Take your tank off, dump it you know, over, drain it all out. That would be totally fine. The only problem with doing that is then if you're going to start the bike every you know, three or four weeks, I wouldn't be draining the fuel out of it because then that's just a ton of extra work. But if you're going to keep the bike you know, in storage for a year or two, then taking you know, the fuel out of the tank after you have you know, run that stable through the, through the fuel systems, that would be fine. Um, another idea that Rocky Mountain ATV had that I hadn't had never done because I haven't stored a bike for this long is uh, using like a fogger. Um, they have these they have these engine fogging products where you basically take your air filter off and while the bike is running, you just spray this uh, engine fogging product in there and it will kind of coat everything injectors and rockers and valves and all this stuff. This would be really for four strokes more mostly. It'll, it'll uh, you know, cover all that stuff with a special film that'll make it so it won't corrode. That would probably be a good idea, especially if you're going to keep the bike, you know, um, stored for a year or more. That would be a really good idea to do. Um, another thing that they had, another idea that they had, which would be mostly for four strokes because the two strokes are going to have, there's going to be a lubrication on the two strokes anyway, but on a four stroke, they recommend taking your um, spark plug out and putting like a teaspoon of oil down that spark plug hole and then, you know, kind of kicking the bike over, like getting the piston to go up a couple of times, not trying to start the bike in that moment, but just kind of kicking it over to make sure that the, um, you know, that oil gets spread around the cylinder and in, in the, in the, in there. So, and then I guess when you go to start the bike in four months from then, it's going to smoke like crazy and it's going to think you're going to think your bike is, is blowing up, but it's something that you could do to be extra, extra, um, you know, ex, extra careful or, you know, and they, they were talking about engine oil. I think I'd probably just put some two stroke oil in there, you know, right down the spark plug and then, you know, put your spark plug back in. So that would be something that you could do on a four stroke. Um, some other some other ideas that I that I have. Um, I think that if you're going to winterize your bike, it's a great time to change your oil. Um, it's a great time to change any of your oil filters and your down and your air filters because you're going to have downtime anyway. So let's just do that. So make sure you get the bike warm, get it up to you know. It doesn't have to be all the way up to operating temperature. It would be good if it if it was, but at least get it warm. You know, so everything like the motor's too hot to touch. And then uh, drain your oil out. Uh, don't just change the oil, you know, 
where the bike is cold. Don't let it sit there for a month and then just like drop the oil out. I'd, I'd rather see people get things warm, um, get that, uh, get that oil. So it's, it's, uh, a little bit thinner because it's warmed up and everything, and then you'll drop that out, and it's a great time to do that. Make sure you got a clean, clean oil in the bike, clean filters on the bike, because why not? <laughs> and then when it comes for the springtime and you get itching, you'll just be ready to go out. Another thing that is a really good thing that I hear a lot of people doing is this is the time where they do like deep maintenance. Like if they're going to do the bottom end or do, do a top end, like do a new piston, this is a perfect time to do a new piston. You'll be pulling a bunch of stuff off the bike and then you can clean everything. Maybe if you had some other maintenance things that you needed to do, like some other seals, like a main seal or, or whatever, or a bottom end uh, rebuild. Winter time is a good time for that because you know you might have to have the bike apart for a week or two while you get extra parts. And this is a really good time to be doing it in the winter because it's not going to not you knowing because you can't ride the bike anyway in a lot of these, a lot of these cases in certain places. And so this will be a good time to do some of those, you know, more serious maintenance tasks that may take you a week or two before you can complete them. But I also like to, you know, suggest taking all the plastics off your bike and getting really, really serious about cleaning the thing. That way, you know, with the, all the plastic off, you know, you could spend a couple of days, like one day you just go out to the garage and you pull all the plastic off. Um, and then the next time you go out there and you spray the thing down and, and blow it off. And then you're like, hmm, I, you, and then, you know, day three, you go in there, you start looking at some of these maintenance items, you might find something that's broken or whatever. And so there's, it's a good time to look around and do some really good inspecting of the bike. And hey, maybe you want to just get a plastic kit for the bike after that, because you realize this plastic is beat to crap. And for $100, I can get a new plastic kit for this thing. So that would be a really good thing to kind of think about. Um, Obviously, we want to make sure that our chain doesn't rust. So you could spray some chain lube on there. If it's an O-ring chain, you could do what I do, which is I just put some WD-40 on my chains. It isn't technically a lube, but I don't know. I don't really believe that an O-ring chain, if it's if it stays clean, I don't think they need extra lube that they just throw off. So I put some WD-40 on there, mainly to keep the thing from rusting. So WD-40 won't you know, it's a water dispersant is really what it is. And so it won't, uh, the chain won't rust if you've got it uh, covered with WD-40. Uh, wintertime, winterizing, it's another time. It's a good time to kind of adjust, uh, I mean, lube your cables. So you can spray cable lube down in your cables and get those working better. It's a really great time to pull your levers off and like grease the pivot points on the levers. That's what I do a lot of times. I do that all the time in my regular maintenance if they start to feel like a little gritty or something like that, I'll pull the I'll pull off my clutch lever, my brake lever, and just lube those things up. Um, and then one other thing, and this one was from Rocky Mountain ATV. They talked about putting an exhaust plug in the bike, and that's mainly just to keep the moisture out. For me, I don't. I only put an exhaust plug on my bike when I wash it. Um, I don't really plug them in the garage or in my shop because it's dry anyway, but that's something, I mean, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, that's not going to hurt anything to plug your exhaust. So I just thought I'd put that in there. Um, <laughs> the main thing, dude, I can't tell you, I've probably done this five or six times where I, I plug my exhaust to wash the bike and then for whatever reason, I forget that the plug is in there and then I go to start the bike to put it around in my shop or something. And it's like crank, 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 crank. They won't start. I'm like, what in the heck? And then I realize I'm a moron because I've still got the exhaust plug. The bikes do not run if you've got the exhaust plug in there. And like a moron, I've done that several times. So um, 
Hey, if you have done that, give yourself a high five. And I also want you, if you've done that, go over and leave a review for this podcast. In fact, even if you haven't left your plug in in there, in your in your exhaust, please go and try to leave a review for this podcast. That would really be helpful. Helps, you know, those algorithms to know that this is good content. Um, and maybe maybe it isn't good content. And if it's not good content, then don't do the review. But if you like if you like the podcast and you think it's good content, go ahead and leave the review. Again, if you had other topics that you you know you want me to throw on my list. Um, let me know, Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. You can email me there. Uh, you can also yell at me for not putting out these podcasts as often as I should. You can yell at me for not bringing guests on for a long time because I've been super lazy and I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't had a guest on for a long time, so I need to change that really soon. But um, highly probable that this is the last time you will hear from me in podcast land in the year 2020. Um, it is the it is December 28th when I'm recording this. Um, just want to say that you know 2020 was a bad year for a lot of people and i i don't want to you know i don't want to i don't want to be insensitive or anything because obviously there's been a lot of problems with covid19 and then we had that major election and we've had like civil unrest and all these things going on and so it's really easy to show like oh this wasn't a you know this wasn't a great year um but I have to be dead honest with you. I'm, I'm, I try to be a glass, a glass half full kind of guy. And if I really just tally up like how things went for me in my personal life and my you know, business life and my family life, if I look at 2018, um, and that was, a, that was a hard year for me. And 2019 got a little better. And 2020, despite the fact, like all the stuff that's happened in the world, 2020 has been another step up for me, like in my personal life, in my marriage, in my you know family life, in my business life. Yeah, it's been really hard. Like 2020 has been really hard. But if I take a look and I say, how does it compare? Well, 2018 was like kind of a, a real low point for me. And then 2019 was a little bit of a step up from there. And 2020 was a step up from there. And so I feel optimistic. And maybe not everyone will have that optimism, uh, optimism, but I have it. And I just want you guys to think about like, like, like that. I mean, just let's try to, let's try to think about the things that we have, you know, that we can be grateful for and try to figure out ways, things we can do um, to kind of break through and, and make 2021 a really good year. A, a book uh, that was recently, uh, Kevin, one of my buddies, recently suggested that I listen to the book, uh, the war of art. It's by Steven Pressfield. It's a really quick read. I just listened to it on Amazon. Like if you get, and then I bought the paperback here, I'm holding the paperback in my hands. It's only like 165 pages. It's a really, really short read, but it's like a, the war of art by Steven Pressfield. Super good, super motivating for me. And I could relate to a ton of stuff in here. He talks a lot about um, resistance and resistance is this, you know, force that is trying to get you to do nothing, trying to get you to, you know, not live up to your potential. And we all have it. It comes from within us. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a concept that he's talking about. And I, I'm listening to it again. I got the, I got the paperback so I could just go through and kind of highlight some of the things because there's so many good little nuggets in there. So if you guys like to listen to things on audible, um, you should go download that the war of art or get it in paperback. I, I got it in paperback as well on Amazon. 
Use my links for that. That would be stinking awesome. But that's a good book. And hopefully we have, hopefully everybody takes a step up in 2021. I'm, I'm definitely hoping that I can step everything up in 2021. But, you know, it's, it's uh, 2020 wasn't like a horrible year for me in a lot of ways. Step up from where I was and the other, on the other, you know, when I look at all those other levels. So hopefully everybody has an amazing new year. Um, I hope that all your aspirations, I hope that you find the energy that it's going to take to make some of those things come true. I hope that you figure out ways to dominate that resistance that Stephen Pressfield talks about in the war of art. And I hope that uh, we have an amazing 2021. And I think that we certainly can take a step up. That's what I'm going to be hoping to do. Okay, you guys, thanks so much. And uh, we'll check in with you in 2021 in the new year and, and rock this thing out. I appreciate it, guys. Leave a single track.